0: Welcome to Surviving Society. My name is Dr. Chantel Jessica Lewis and I'm the executive producer of the show. This week, we've got episode three of the series titled The Role of Love in Social Justice Work, guest hosted and produced by Ez Chibo. Ez is joined by Ifa Sheena. This is a beautiful conversation on how central healing is for social justice work. This is a very open, vulnerable and generative conversation about gender and identity in particular if Ashima is clear that in order to do this work we need to know each other in order to love each other and that that relationship between knowing and loving is so important to social justice work being in community understanding that we all come from different backgrounds present live in different ways, accepting and loving that is so central to this work.
1: Welcome to Surviving Society Presents The Role of Love in Social Justice Work. In these episodes, we will explore the role that love plays in social justice spaces. I brought on a handful of amazing guests that spoke to the way that love impacts the work that they do, as well as the challenges and benefits that this presents. This series has been executively produced by myself, F. Chibo. Hi again. Um, So this is our third episode um, on the topic of love in the context of social justice work. I am joined with somebody, when I think of the word love, I am joined by somebody who embodies this word in a way that I have never experienced before, who exudes love out of every pore of their being and whose love has genuinely grounded me in ways that I can't describe. And I feel really blessed to be joined by this person. And I'm going to pass it to them to introduce themselves.
2: <laughs> well, that what a lovely introduction, even though I'm introducing myself. Um, I love to know, how how I impact others, you know, that's really beautiful. Thank you for that reflection. I'm um, um, My mother named me Tamika. Uh, either works for me, Tamika or Ifa Um, I use they them pronouns. I'm from the South. <laughs> I need to be able to say it like that. A lot of folks act like Texas ain't the South, but it absolutely is. It's just a different kind of South. It's got some other things uh, mixed in with it. The daughter of Michael and Tina, um, who were teenagers when I was born, um, and who were intentionally trying to have me. So my father used to tell me I was a love child, and I feel like when people describe me the way that you did, I'm like, oh, I have to bring that in because that was the intention with which I was conceived, um, right, was in love. I am someone who has done organizing work uh, who has waited tables, um, who has done mental health work in, in the trenches, uh, like really complicated uh, mental health work. I worked with uh, adolescent sex offenders. Um, so I'm both holding the childhoodness of people who are also sexually violating others, right? Um, I am someone who is an eldest child, you know, and. That's a lot of how I show up. I'm the consummate big sibling, you know. Um, And I've been trained in many healing modalities. And at this point in my life, I have landed um, as a a student of Ifar, a devotee of Ifar and um, a priest in training. And I feel like, you know, calling myself a healer doesn't really... Like, that's such a co-opted word, but I, I say that in this context because when I think about uh, social justice, that is actually the place that I engage social justice work from. It's from that of a community-based hood, trying to be with everyday people um, in our, in our ongoing um, self-reclamation, our healing work, our ability to see each other, be with each other. For our collective liberation and also for that, you know, them individual...
1: Paths that we are along. So, yeah, I'm <laughs> Uh And that intro, so, and I couldn't have done that. So that's why I'll pass it over <laughs> to you. I, I, like, I, I could not have done that. Um, and just for some context, so everyone that has come on as a guest for this series has been really intentionally picked. Um, if Ashina and I met has it been five years ago? I think so, twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So it will be five years. Yeah. Um and we we met um in the context of work and it was uh there is a organization that basically did a what was it? On our what terms a, um, I think it's what yeah, they were calling it. I know. I know what it was called. It was called all that time. But in terms of like, it was like a consortium. So it's an organization that works with different organizations that work with young women around the world, uh-huh. doing a variety of things. Yeah, um, and they brought their partners from different parts of the world, um, and that's where we met. And that's that was yeah five years ago. And if even saying that feels so strange because. Um, we, I was a different person then. Mm-hmm. I believe I was a totally different person then. Um, but where, where I think, yeah, basically, what I think got out, what I think came out of that meeting was, from day one of our interacting, I just, I felt loved by you mm. in a way that, um, no, I really did. I really, really, really did, in a way that like now i look back at i feel really humbled by um and yeah we've kept we've kept in touch um pandemic days we did our zooms and we like have kept in touch we've touched base you're someone that often comes to me in different ways and like your voice and your presence comes to me in different ways at different times um and there's often synergy. So it's often like you'll reach out to me at a point where I literally... It's like, no, honestly, I was thinking about you today. Mm-hmm. Or like, honestly, I've th- this week I was going to shout you. And it's so it's... it's, it, I feel really connected to you in that way. Um, and when we met initially... And it feels quite exposing saying this on a public platform. But I'm just going to say it because it's the real. Um, when we met initially... I think that my gender politics were all over the place Mm. um, particularly in relation to trans identity and non-binary identity I think there was I was carrying a lot with me Mm. um, and we had a really honest but difficult conversation and I saw myself in a way I hadn't seen myself before that conversation. Mm. Um, And I saw my fear and I saw my judgment and I saw my stuff that I didn't like. I saw a lot of stuff that I didn't like. um, And I thought that it was me. The stuff that I was seeing was in me. Mm. So it wasn't about you and it wasn't about anybody um, who is genderqueer, is non-binary, genderqueer or trans. It wasn't about anybody else. It was about me. That conversation genuinely changed my life it genuinely changed my life i've said this to you before but I'm, i hope i'm driving it home it genuinely changed my life because i saw myself in a different way and and the my experience of that conversation is that the way that happened was the the shift and the change in me was around was because of the way you held it with love mm. Mm. And I'm going to be abundantly clear in what I mean by that, because I don't mean you condoned or you mollycoddled or you were like, you're saying stupid things, but it's okay because I love you. You were straight up. You were you were direct. You were real. You were boundaried. But you there was a level of like recognition Mm -hmm. of of who I was. You gave me space to be me. And I grew from that. Um, and that's kind of the foundation, and that's why. And we've, yeah, I've tried to have these conversations on air with you a lot, and it, things have never aligned. But we give thanks. We're here today, that's right. and we're able to have this conversation today because I think the conversations that we have and have, like, always had since I've met you, have been have been that they've been about that mutual love and respect, for growth and learning. So, yeah,
2: I mean, I you know every time you say that you mentioned that particular conversation, it, 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 in all honesty, it makes me want to stand up taller. Um, it makes me want to rise into that, you know, because I wasn't, um, you know, that wasn't a planned conversation we had never met.
1: <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what
2: I mean? <laughs> um, and so to know that in that moment that there was a, a, a level of presence that I was operating out of, Um, and that to be able to see you and then for you to actually reflect back, no, I felt seen, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the goal. If, Mm -hmm. if you are the only person that I do that with, I feel like I would have done my job on this plane. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I, the truth of the matter is what that reflection makes me be like, okay, this is the goal. (laughs) Like you gotta, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you gotta rise into that every time, homie. You know, Mm -hmm. as much as you can. Um, So Mm -hmm. I
1: I just thank you for that reflection. I really do. No, and honestly, and I want to say that as someone who, and that I, and we may or may not touch on this later in the conversation, but I'm, I am somebody that can smell a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. That I can smell them a mile off. Yeah, and before that conversation, I had all the right I knew all the right stuff to say and do like I was using the right pronouns for people I wasn't outside out and out like uh, moving mad do you know what I mean I was I was I came into the conversation a quote-unquote ally yeah yeah and like appearing as an ally but the the spiritual and kind of internal shift happened in that conversation i can i can name the day that actually i really became an ally Mm. um or i really from an from an a place of embodied understanding knew that your struggle is my struggle like there is not a separation from what's going on for you to what's going on for me Mm -hmm. and um when i think about social justice work and again we might touch on this later i'm around a lot of wolf in sheep wolves in sheep's clothing i'm around a lot of people that have the lingo talk to talk like say all the right things but actually in reality haven't done enough of the work on themselves or don't see themselves or don't see me as them so they don't see the way that my stuff is their stuff and actually if they're not working with me on my stuff then then like they're not offering me something it's not like social justice work isn't about charity and and like offering something um from a position of power but it is actually standing alongside and yeah, I think the most palpable shift in my life and in my career um, has been that conversation. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't say that lightly. I mean, because I could trace. Oh, I went into this place. I didn't leave saying anything that I wasn't saying before. So it's not like before that I was saying something right. bad. I was say, I was saying all the right things, but I left that conversation with an embodied shift, and my allyship took on a new. There was a new in London was saying VIM like there's more VIM was added. Mm. <laughs> I had more, oomph, more um, like I feel it now yeah. as if it is it is my struggle as much and maybe not as much and I don't want to I want to be careful with that but I feel it in in myself I feel it yeah. Um so that's true for me. Yeah, when I
2: think about that. You know, because, of course, I think about that conversation, too, where, you know, I was being what I call a, a dumb American, um, you know, and was kind of like in my race bag <laughs> from a, a very, very American um, lens. And so, of course, I think about that. But I, when you mention this conversation, I think about why was I able to get that present? And it, it really is, to your point, because I saw me in you like that same work that you're talking about, or shift, and the work to shift, which I think happened in that conversation, and probably was happening leading up to it, right, Mm -hmm. however you got to the place where you were saying all the right things, that was, that was its own kind of work, so you, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's almost like the the work to get to the other kinds of work, and it, it, I do Mm -hmm. think that it's, you know, rigor is one of the words that I wrote down. I was thinking about this conversation um, because it's—it's it's actually it's a—it's a word that I value, but it is a, like it's a virtue that I value. Um, mm-hmm. You have to work really hard at being a good human being, um, mm-hmm. and it—it it just really is not as easy as people make it out to be. I—I I love and I loathe the the little memes and videos that are like kindness, you know, it's just... And it's like, yeah, k- kindness is... Um, can be really simple. Um, Yeah, you know, nodding at someone when you walk down the street and acknowledging their existence, like there's absolutely kindness in that. That's not mm-hmm. the same as, I have a position of power and I can make rules about who can and cannot be in a space, who can and cannot get access to certain resources can and cannot um exist peacefully like if mm-hmm. if i have that kind of power and decision making um that ain't i kind of think i to do with that <laughs> like mm-hmm. there, i really have to have what you are talking about that kind of the internal landscape that says i'm you you're me <laughs> you know i'm nothing mm-hmm. without you you're nothing without me we're different we have may have mm-hmm. different things that we're dealing with, but at the at the place that it really, really matters, I'm you, you're me. Right. And I have to I, I have to really have that in my landscape because mm-hmm. I will create a space without you in mind. Exactly that I will do events that absolutely exclude you. Mm-hmm. I will gather in spaces that others create and not give a damn that you ain't in the room Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know I will have influence and not use it Mm -hmm. um that's that so that internal landscape has to be filled with that kind of that's a lot of work that is not that ain't easy that ain't just extending a smile and shit that's very different
1: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm I am tired I don't want people smiling at me (laughs) <laughs> like I don't want. <laughs> that and actually, I'm I'm gonna be really direct here. I don't want white people smiling that at me. Part. So, on the context of like when we think about race, and like I was at an event yesterday. Um, so there was somebody in the UK. So a, a real shift in race relations in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, was when a young man was murdered. Stephen Lawrence was murdered. Mm. Um, and it marked 30 years this week, I believe. Um, and there has been like a whole, yeah, I'm not going to get into it onto it here and no, maybe outside of this space, I'll, we'll speak a bit more about that. But it shifted the way, it, it was the first time, there was a report that came out of that murder that was the first time that um, the police were deemed institutionally racist mm-hmm. because of how they handled that case. And that has like opened up lots So in terms of that and was like a massive shift in race relations, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm at this event and then, again I'm somebody that is conscious of and not um I don't land either way, but I'm just conscious of multiracial spaces. I'm conscious of the role of them. I'm conscious of the impact that they have on everyone in that space. I'm conscious of what they give and the opportunities they bring, and I'm conscious of what they take and the barriers they put up. And so it was a multiracial space, and people are asking questions. And I'm looking around, and again, like I'll be honest, I look usually through a lens of scepticism so these are people who like me like I said about you about me earlier in the context of like gender politics these are people who are saying all the right things these are people who are who who know what to say these are people that are some of them I've worked alongside some of them I respect Um these are people who are smiling they're often mm. smiling <laughs> but like really and truly how does that translate to like change and how does that try and that what you said about actually because I love you I am not able to think of a world that doesn't include you and not just include but doesn't center your needs because I love you and actually the fact that that's not my experience along racial lines in this country yeah um I'm looking around at all these smiling people and I'm like, yeah, hi. <laughs> but I'm also like, what, does, what are your smiles doing for me, realistically? Right. And, and I want to be fair in saying that I don't... I know that not everybody is just smiling. And actually, there are lots of people that are doing things beyond smiling. But I guess what I'm trying to really speak to in this conversation is the difference between a theoretical yes idea or understanding of love yes and an embodied practical love that involves grit and graft and sacrifice yes um and when I think about this conversation about social justice and love I think about the latter the latter is is what with what I'm trying to get to what I'm aspiring to yeah. and what I'm conscious that I'm not always I'm not always there so I also don't want to paint myself as if I've got it but yeah. I think that's the aspiration for me
2: I really appreciate you saying that, you know, the, the piece about like trying not to paint yourself as like, I've got it. Fear of being seen as some sort of guru has kept me quiet sometimes and has, has kept me kind of small sometimes, to be honest, because I, the, the last thing I want to be is like the person that think they know it all, you know what I mean? And understanding mastery is something that is has become really important to me because I'm, I think that that, that the master knows that mistakes will happen and that mm. imperfection is actually the goal. <laughs> like, I, like I'm going to be out here because, because again, when we run the risk of making a mistake and messing up, especially in public in front of others, we really get the opportunity to do what you're describing in that conversation that we had. You know, if you hadn't taken the risk to say what you really feel and what you really think, that opportunity to say and be in that kind of back and forth together wouldn't have presented itself. Like you didn't have to and I get that for you, what you're describing is the love that you felt for me, but there was also that courage and that risk that you had to take. Right. To be like, okay, let me keep it Mm (laughs) above. This is what I really (laughs) be feeling and thinking. Right, that allowed mm. me to speak to my journey because that's that's all I was doing, fam. Straight up, I was being real mm. about how I got from saying all the right things to an embodied reality, specifically around Black trans women. Mm. You know, it was it was me. So that I think that's the other thing too. There probably couldn't have been somebody else to tell you that. It probably had to be mm. somebody, right? who could speak for real for real to the moment that you were Mm -hmm. in and so that risk that that courage that we were both I'm painting myself as just like you me too Mm -hmm. here's how I stopped doing that (laughs) Mm -hmm. it took it was a conscious choice
1: you know that's deep I don't think we've touched on in the series so far I don't think we've spoken to the risk of love Oh yeah. And you naming that actually there was there was 'cause there was I rem- I remember sitting there and it was a choice. I was like Am I gonna keep saying the things that I've been saying mm-hmm. or am I gonna say the thing that I'm think am I gonna say it? And like again, I think that that, that thought process is important because if I didn't think that, that's how you're just out here, just causing harm. the yeah. threat right And center, if you're just, so it's not, you have to, you, know I mean? you have to think. Yes. But again, I think my decision, and I can't, I, I don't want to romanticize it too much, but I do believe genuinely that my decision in that moment to say the thing that was controversial and scary and risky, I felt able to do that because Something in me trusted mm-hmm. that it would be received with love, mm-hmm. um and that even if offence was caused, that the genuine intention behind my my line of questions, because because the, the questioning wasn't coming, it was coming from ignorance more than it come. It wasn't coming from malice; it was coming from ignorance. Yeah. I had, and I can't actually even remember. So I've recognised we're talking about a conversation that listeners. Weren't privy to. Yeah. Um, and there's no... I don't have the tea. I don't have, like, the... And this is what I said. <laughs> um, I, I have the cringe of, like... From my perspective now, I think... I was possibly and probably saying things that were transphobic. Um, mainly around, like, a lack of understanding of... Even the question. Even the fact that I'm asking questions about this. Um, To me, like, the position of questioning, to me... um, Is transphobic. Because nobody else gets asked a million on one questions about how they identify yeah. in in relation to gender. So, so yeah, so I guess I remember trusting, part of part of me trusted that this will likely be received in love and, and if offence is caused, I can speak to my truth, which is that that wasn't my intention. And there was something in that that felt really risky but really important.
2: I mean, so, you know, you've heard the term intention versus impact. Mm. You heard this this kind of people say, yeah, yeah it's one of those uh, community based you know rules that I you know every workshop we've been in and you know they say that over and over and um I, you know I don't think that they're in in competition with each other. I don't think that there are adverses. I think intention and impact are equally important because mm. if you pay attention to somebody's intention, then again you forget you, you already have forgiven them enough to make the mistake. So people have to be able to have room to mess up. Like, they just do. And so that doesn't mean they get to mess up in large scales. You know, you don't get to, like, create mm-hmm. a whole bill that doesn't give people access and be like, my bad. I was just, you know. So I'm not <laughs> talking about that. But I'm saying in a conversation like we were having, which was very low stakes, Low Mm -hmm, risk mm -hmm. is me and you sitting at a Mm -hmm. table. We really, other people had left. So it's just me and Mm -hmm, you. mm -hmm, You know what I mean? Nobody else is in. Eyes, ears, Like, in this context, absolutely. Your intention Mm -hmm. and your impact. I could have jumped fly and got offended. I could have, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And I could have chose to identify more with the people that we were discussing Right, mhm-, then you, but mm-hmm. that don't that don't move the needle if I get mm-hmm. all in the my stuff about mm-hmm. the people we're discussing instead of you, the actual human being I'm sitting here in front of, so that's why I think like I get where we're coming from when we say intention versus impact, but I think it's mm-hmm. like intention versus impact inside of a particular context,
1: mhm-
2: while while it had an impact on me, it's very minimal. <laughs> it, very minimal. Mm-hmm. And your intention outrode it for mm-hmm. me in that moment. And the again the decision to identify with you felt more important. Felt like something would actually move if mm-hmm. I could identify with you. For real. Not out of a mm-hmm. um after school special way. You know? <laughs> Sometimes we just think, well, we both black, so you know what
1: I mean. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a lot of ways to be black, man. You know. <laughs> and that is, it's interesting because that I think there is something, and it, it links in with the conversation about that wider social justice spaces, right? There's something about that. Well, not there's something about it, it was that the the thing that the reason why we it was you and I that were stayed behind having that conversation because there's something about, yeah, we're both black, but also all of the other black people in that space were from the continent. Like were from the different part so they had a relationship with their nation country and with the continent of Africa that you and I had a slightly different relationship to right so the the reason why we were the ones behind having that conversation on that day in that way is because of that shared experience of like displacement and race um and again different us uk context is different but the similarities in that is what allowed room for us to, to explore in the way that we were exploring right yeah um and when i think about that when i think about social justice work more broadly one of my main issues is that I have been expected to work with people that, one, I don't trust, and two, there isn't that, there isn't that, like, Shared. they ain't there's not i can't find the point beyond yeah. like i can't find the connection point right and yeah. that's not it's not just along racial lines it's not just along gendered sexual it's not just along it's not it doesn't have to be a specific thing but i think there's something about identifying with someone else's humanity yes that creates room for you to see the rest of me yes and um i'm in a lot of social justice spaces where people, and this is a drag, like this is an intentional drag to people that are listening, but people go to university, read books, um, work in offices with mostly people like them that went to similar universities and do so si- and it's that like, actually you don't see my humanity and so I can't connect with you and cuz that's not my entry point to this work and cuz the stakes are so much higher for me because actually this is my life yeah. and this is the lives of my community right. this isn't I'm not on a voyage somewhere and so that frustration is where like when i think about why i wanted to even do this series it's because i don't want to talk about social justice in in context of like theories and all of this stupidness i want to actually remind myself why i'm in it and remind myself that every person that i've brought onto this series is also in it for for the same reason as me and this is across now borders and time and space and race and gender and sexuality but there are lots of people that that connection point exists for where I, I see you as a human, and you see me as a human, so we can graft, we can work together.
2: The thing that I hear too is I respect your gangster
1: <laughs> because
2: I, I think um, what you're describing when you when you're talking about you know folk the folks that you know the con- like where they come from and how they ended up in the little social justice office uh, space uh, <laughs> wherever that is you know the organization that I was they representing that is that organization's um calling card almost you know right the for us by us um mm-hmm. hiring directly impacted people and i even think about the context of the of the folks that were in the room right that most of them from all over the world actually that's also how they often many of them not everybody in the space that was their reality um the two i believe the two folks from um Mexico City and the folks from India, that wasn't their, their reality. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the people from Tanzania, also that wasn't their experience, right? And I also will say, these are the people that stood out to me most. Like these are the people mm-hmm. that I also connected with. And I couldn't even talk to the Indians or the, the Mexicans because they didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. But there was enough to your point, right, about being able to feel, mm-hmm. like they there's just a way that they are, that we were connecting with each other that wasn't mm-hmm. intellectual. Mm-hmm. It was, it was love. You're, I, I'm like, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Because I, I love those people. I don't even remember their names. Mm. Right. Not, not a fool. Mama Rosa. That's one of them. that <laughs> just yeah. came to me, right. <laughs> but like straight up, I rem- because I remember the, the love oozing off of them toward me and me towards mm. them. And because that's the other thing too, is, is that when I sent you love, it landed. Mhm. Because I was sending love out. That don't mean it landed. <laughs> mm. So there were definitely some, I won't go into names and stuff, but there were definitely some people where I was just like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to do mm-hmm. love. You know, mm-hmm. meaning I want to know your story. Mm. I want to know who your people are. Who is your mom and daddy now? Mm-hmm. What they do? Where they come from? You know, who mm-hmm. your siblings? Mm-hmm. Um, wh- wh- where does the block you grew up on? Like, was it a blunt? Do you even talk about it like that? You mm-hmm. know, the, getting into mm-hmm. the connection of the human being because even that practice of storytelling we can co-opt in social justice spaces. Yeah. yeah, right, and turn it into a tool and an icebreaker. And yeah, I I get, I get that some of these things we have to do mm-hmm. because we're trying to do things on a mass level. And so I think the other thing that I also want to say about love and social justice is that. Not only does it require rigor, it requires depth, you know, and breadth more than, like, many.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like They're just really, when when elders have had to say to me, look, there's stuff that's all worked on that I won't see come to pass in my lifetime. Like, oh, I got to be on this thing ancestrally and generationally? <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm the the idea mm-hmm. that it's going to just that it's going to change before i check out i have to like release mm-hmm. then you then you're moving from a very different place mm-hmm. if that's your context which is mine that's my context mm-hmm. then i'm i'm moving from a different place i'm not i don't mm-hmm. expect to see the impact that i make which means i have to, like there's a non-attachment i have to get out of a certain mm-hmm. kind of attachment to it which means I've got to be working from somewhere else, to your point, around love being... Oh, mm-hmm. okay, i got to do this because I love my people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I want them here when I'm gone.
1: I don't know a lot about the US context. I Speaking to the UK context, um, there is... So the charity industrial complex, like mm-hmm. NGOs, third sector, mm-hmm. how it is run and that even that like monitoring impact and like over all of that stuff like even funders and funding a very like colonial imperialistic model it is like everything about the structure of social justice work in the UK yes everything about the structure is in direct conflict with what you've just described. Yes, same. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, so it's not, and it's really difficult because it's like, and people enter it and then people that don't have lived experience of the things that they're working with can mean, really mean well, and but they don't have, they're not, because they're being, it's almost like it's rearing foot soldiers for of for the fuckery, basically, mm-hmm. to perpetuate neocolonial bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And that, is, is I'm I'm in a space now and again like I am in a space where I can't I physically like my body rejects it like I can't I can't be in the conversations I can't that I used to be better at being diplomatic around it and like going in to get what I need and coming out and, and like redistributing resources in ways that felt like I still was, could maintain my integrity but actually more and more I'm in a place where it's like I actually can't work in those spheres and so i'm I'm, and i'm very fortunate to be in a position where i i tend to i would say upwards of 90 percent of my work is work that i'm deeply connected to and again i'm i'm very fortunate to be in that position but when i think about how i got here and also how i have maneuvered this charity industrial complex for as long as i have i think about relationships and love so actually our relationship has we've built Across borders, so we have spent in flesh three days together. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Cause I even left early; I wasn't there for the whole time. Yeah, and then yeah.
2: we and then we spent the night in Brixton. The night, which is,
1: yeah, which is now on my flat, but yeah, oh, Carol, yeah, but, yeah. So we spent at uh, three days and an evening together. Uh-huh. That's the only physical space we have shared. Right. Um, however, over five years, we've been intentional about cultivating relationship um and that has fed me and held me and sent me and like so experiencing that and in its realness is one of one of many things that has been like no you can't settle for less than that Mm. you can't be in community doing community work with people that you're in physical space with day to day (laughs) <laughs> and you're experiencing something that ain't this. <laughs> like it doesn't. It's I not. Think. It's not. It doesn't. It, the math is not matching. It's not making mayor mayor sense. <laughs> so we need to figure. Like and and when I think about actually, particularly around, I remember I was in Nigeria. I was going through quite a lot. George Floyd had just been killed, mm. and we had a call. And I remember, I remember coming off that call, and like I just sat there. I'm, I literally just sat on the chair that I was in, maybe for no exaggeration, thirty minutes. I just sat in the love because it had poured so much back into me, mm. and like my mental health was all over the place. Like all sorts of things were going on. The world was up in flames. Global pandemic. Like every, I just left my job. Um, no money in the but that like everything was going quote unquote wrong. But there was work to be done. Um, and the way that I could tap into the need to do that work. One of the ways is, is your, how you fed me, mm. how, you, how your love, how your laughter, how, we, it, wasn't, it wasn't a deep conv- it was just us being in relationship, right? Yeah. And what that did for me and what that does for me mm. and how that's pivot, completely pivoted um, how I'm able to do this work because I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't do the fake, that mm. like, lower level. I physically, my body rejects it. I can't do that stuff anymore.
2: You know, when I was 28, I had a, and I don't know if I've told you this before, but I had a a, a queer Black elder tell me, because I was tired, honey. I had been doing organizing work uh, probably for about five or six years at that point, and I was the tiredest. And she was like, you know, you're really too young to be this tired. <laughs> She's like Aaron, late fifties, and you know was traipsing all over the, the state. <laughs> and so, I it was the first time I think somebody recognized that mm-hmm. I wasn't built for that. Mm-hmm. Now she didn't say those words, but what she did say was, "You're too tired. You're too young to be this tired. You might want to reevaluate." Is what she said to me. It, but it similarly to you, it made me sit down, and I and mm-hmm. that's when I was able to be like, "I'm not built for this. Is this, this what you're talking about?" Robin Hood, you know, Rosemary's get to the Court, you know. <laughs> yeah. I ain't built for that because I the, yeah. the trenches that I got to go in to be able to to get knocked and hit to come back, like, I don't got that. See? Mm-hmm. I just don't. And mm-hmm. it's why I now can talk about myself in the context of social justice the way that I can because I'm going to always be someone that says, I see an injustice, <laughs> I'm, excuse me, i have something to say. You know, um, I, this is not, I'm gonna always be that person. That's not gonna go mm-hmm. anywhere. But I had to get real about the impact that having a go and be in those spaces was having on me. Um, mm-hmm. And I also made a conscious decision to step away from uh, direct activism, you know, direct organizing. And again, especially since that has been co-opted here. Um, It's very much been co-opted by, we say, the non-profit industrial complex. You know what I'm saying? Um, And also, like, how do I want to say it? Also, like, um, because I think woke culture has, like, that word. I don't like that that's what people call it because I really feel like um they took it from black folks um and like bastardized it and turned it into something like it's something black folks in my community been saying about somebody and 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 if we called somebody woke it wasn't it actually wasn't it wasn't a way to say you're fake and you're self-righteous that's mm-hmm. not what woke meant when I was growing up so, but i'm but i'm but I am saying that to say that the way that being social justice minded being socially conscious um caring about social ills and social impact, like the way that that is being pushed out and pushed onto us now is it's turned into something else it's 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 a stokely Carmichael, Angela Davis. These people were known, but they wasn't like
1: known like LeBron James. Yeah, they went to the <laughs>
2: You know what I mean? They were being arrested, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you feel me? Like, and followed by the FBI. And I mean, I'm not saying that that's not happening now, but I'm just saying there's something about you get a book deal and stuff now, like in this way that <laughs> yeah. that's not what was going on when they were in the thick of it in the trenches. Yeah. And so that's something else that has also happened with some mm-hmm. of the social justice uh, kind of culture. I, I know I, like that was like a long way to say that, but I'm just like, because of course those people have written books since and, you know, they, yeah. a lot of, especially when I think about sisters like Angela Davis who was around in the Bay Area a lot and, you know, mm-hmm. be on her lecture tour and all of that, but that's, that's that's an elder that is now teaching us. When she was young, mm. when she was our age, they was shooting at her. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, it was dangerous to, to, to be mm. an activist. And I think it's dangerous now to be an activist when you are unapologetic about it being about Black people. Mm. Now it's you know, there's a way that even the way people talk about social justice has been, mm. in my opinion, especially here in the States, has been pulled away from Blackness. Mm. And that that is mm. the social justice culture I was brought up in. Mm-hmm. Um, not just I'm Black and I'm proud, but like, I'm Black and I don't trust white people. Mm. That's what I was raised <laughs> in. And so it. Mm -hmm. So I'm again. I'm saying this to say, so then fighting alongside you as a black person means I gotta. To your point, I have to actually know you and love you. Mm -hmm. You could betray me. Mm -hmm. You know. Ooh. I have to actually know you and love you. Like I have to actually be in relationship with you. We got all kind of stories of how movements got co-opted and interrupted because black folks was betraying each other. They were being they were able to get mm. sold involved. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. that is my ground and how I that's so that's that that's where the love I think specifically when it comes to social justice comes from. Like I need to know that I know you. I need to know I need to build with you. It needs to be an actual real relationship. Because I need mm-hmm. to be able to hide something or someone or or, mm-hmm. or tell you something that I can't tell nobody else you know that my, my little mm-hmm. safety is bound in an actual connection here that I just I don't see as much
1: anymore oh come on oh there's a lot in what you just there's like my body is reacting to what you're saying because if if that real and I'm not going to add or take away from it it's just if everything you just said and in the and that exists for me across racial lines so in like the UK which is like predominantly not brown or black um or anything but white um we I think a lot of the people that I'm working alongside and actually and I'll be fair like I've brought on two non-black people to this series whom I adore and Who I can work with, um, because they're doing the work, Um, and they're doing the work from this place, from a place of like seeking to engage from a place of love. Cool, but I, that, that thing, that that thing of like love by necessity, Mm -hmm. um, is completely lost in the in the in the existing frameworks of social justice, and there's lots of like. It's about often about righteousness, it's about being right Right. and getting things right and doing the right thing. And like moral righteousness, I think, is the narrative that has overridden the idea of like love by necessity no i need i need you you need me we need to be in relationship um and i'm doing this because i love you not because it's right and because i'm offering you what and then and then so when you're wrong quote unquote i'm not offended by that um but we can grow in love um because you will be wrong because you are human and when i'm wrong i'm not too afraid to be wrong in around you because like that's a part of the process right and even when you're speaking to when you were speaking about getting the book deals and the record, it's really funny. I was laughing because I have very intentionally, and I'm saying this and I'm like, uh, this better not affect my bag. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I have very intentionally aligned myself in spaces that I'm not publicized. Right. Um, that I'm not. So I think if you know my work, you know my work. Um, but beyond that, I'm not, I've like very intentionally not taken certain opportunities or gone down certain paths. And again, no judgment to people that have. But I think for me, I can't speak for them, but for me, I know that there is a level of integrity that would be compromised if I was more public facing. Mm. And if, if I had, just, just by virtue of like even capacity and time, That like if I'm doing more of that stuff, then I, I have less time to do the work and the stuff. Um, and I guess it's always it's about where I always land with that is everyone knowing their role. So everyone knowing yes. I can't speak right. what other to other people's kind of paths and what they what they need to be doing. But in terms of like me, I I need to be really clear on what my role is yes. in this, That's right. and be in relationship with people who are also clear on what their role is within this because we all play a different part right. um, in this ecosystem. And yeah, I feel really grateful to. I've, I really feel grateful that before we came on this call as a good example, I'm really flustered today, I'm really tired, my voice is going, to be brutally honest, I, doing a podcast episode today is not what I, what, is not the top of my list of things that I want to do. Um, and then I got in here and I was flustered, I was running late and then, and then we've logged on and i just seen your face, literally just seeing your face. And then we had like a really short pre-chat because again, we're on the clock because capitalism and time and money. (laughs) And And so I'm like rushing into it. I'm like, is there anything you need? And again, I'm asking the question from a genuine place. Um, But even then, I don't know what I can offer because I'm, and then you're like, I just need to pray. And then you stop and you pray. And I sit, close my eyes as you pray. And I'm like, this is it. This is the episode this is the episode do you know what I mean like I'm having the episode because I want people to hear the thing I want people to hear what love and social justice work is but actually this is it you reminded me to pray to ground you and not you weren't like oh as we need to pray it was I need this for me in this moment but you live in your truth so authentically in that moment in a way that like reminded me of my truth and my needs Mm. and like creating space to exist in that way and how that enhances the work that we do And and the ability to do the work and how actually the long haul and the sustainable work is done through real relationships. And yeah, I'm just I'm just very, 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 very grateful.
2: Thank you so much for saying because I was like, I went around the world and I was talking about Angela Davis's book deals. We might have to edit that shit out. (laughs) But I meant everything that you said yes, very much, so you have to play your role you are like what your actual role is absolutely and and discovering that mine is this you know mm-hmm. joy evangelism, um real shenanigans, you know what I'm saying, like i that's my role mm-hmm. in the fight
1: mm-hmm.
2: um in these fights because there are many
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah oh, i'm I'm gonna ask two questions one of them you know is coming but the other one you don't know is coming i am just that i'm on the call with you and people are hearing you on air and they need to tap in because i i'm fortunate and blessed enough to be able to just text you and call you um and tap into your your wisdom and your love but what what advice if advice maybe i don't like the word advice but what would you offer to people in a social justice space um that are that are doing this work, if if there was one or two things you could you could offer them, what would it be?
2: If you have the ability to finesse and you know how to finesse, you know how to um say things the right way to get people to give you money, to give you resources, to give you time, do it. And then teach other people how to do it. Uh, Because what we need is spaciousness. We can't dream. We can't imagine. We can't take care of each other when we are one, two, three, go, urgency Mm -hmm. all the time. I know that this life is urgent, that our liberation is very urgent. Like, I get that. Um, And you just, you have to have spaciousness. And so whatever you have, whatever skills you got in your bag to create spaciousness is basically what I'm saying. Do that. Do that. Give yourself as much space and time as you possibly can so that you can really reimagine imagine things um, and 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 change things. Make suggestions, come up with new ideas. Knowledge production is not dead, you know, and, and the people in charge don't know everything. Um they actually don't know much. So give yourself spaciousness wherever you can. That's what I would that's mm-hmm. what I want have for an answer.
1: Thank you. Um, and the final question, which I've been asking all the guests, is, what is the role of love in social justice work?
2: It's the sword and shield. It's both. You cutting down in in love,
1: protecting love. It's how I fight. Thank you so much. I love you so much. I love you too. I am so grateful. Um, Yeah, until next one. Thank you for listening to Surviving Society.
0: To support our work, you can rate, review and subscribe to host or produce a series of Surviving Society. Get in touch with us via Twitter or Instagram.